0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Flo's First and Favourite. I'm David. And I'm Blair. And on this week's episode, we have Natasha Kitty Cat. Sasha Cat, welcome to Flo's First and Favourite. How are you?
1: I am doing good, despite the current world we're living in. I'm not too bad. Looking forward to talking to you guys. How's How are you both? Are you keeping well?
2: Yeah, we've been very good, thanks. Like, we've, we've been busy. We've just been kind of taking it as an opportunity just to work on a load of new music. And, you know, we're full steam ahead. We've just literally spent the day working on a tune we've finished a tune which has been really good and yeah we're, we're just really enjoying at the moment meeting lovely people on Flo's First and Favourite and working on <laughs> ourselves as well as music
0: it's almost therapy now it's almost therapy now
1: <laughs> yeah music's my therapy I'm like that we would be cracking yeah. up I'm already a bit screwed up but if I didn't have a music my god it'd be a whole lot worse than it already is <laughs>
2: So with our guest, Natasha, we we like to take it back to the beginning. How did you get into music? How did it all start for you?
1: It all started with my dad. So I was brought up in a soul music family. Honestly, my mum and dad, especially my dad, is obsessed with collecting records. He he was a DJ. He taught me. So we're talking like 70s modern soul, disco, boogie, all that. I was brought up on that and my dad taught me how to DJ Um, and I remember you know I was brought up with the music since I was little and I remember going out in town in Edinburgh and there was a night on that my dad took me to, I would have been Twenty one at the time. I'm nearly (laughs) thirty, but
0: (laughs) don't worry, we've hit that margin already. Crossed that milestone. I'm just going to
1: lie about my age from now on. We'll just forget I said (laughs) (laughs) that. Yeah, (laughs) I'm still twenty (laughs) one.
0: Yeah, that's almost thirty. I mean, you know,
1: bathing in the blood, it works wonders. I'm still (laughs) twenty one. So yeah, my dad took me up to this night called Ladies on Rotation, and I seen it's all female DJs. I seen them all playing, and I was listening to music. I thought, you know what, I can do that. That, this is the kind of music I love. I've got the knowledge of the music. Why don't I put this into action? And I've never looked back since. It's just went from one thing to another. So it's, it's been great. It's been some journey.
0: Amazing. So was, was that your first club experience or were there ones before that?
1: Before that, like in my younger days, here I go again, yeah. my younger days. <laughs> <laughs> the age thing, I'm like, oh, in my younger days. Uh, There was clubs like Cabaret (laughs) Voltaire, you know, in in Edinburgh as well. Love Cab Vol. Um, Cab Vol, good old Cab Vol. Um, My very first clubbing experience, it would be hard to pinpoint, but I also used to go to Studio 24 in Edinburgh as well, Um, Cabaret Voltaire, those places. But, yeah, my memory is fuzzy first and favourite and I'm going to be like aha let's go to the memory bag right okay <laughs> let, let, let's see if you can dig up some old memories in here but yeah I'd say Camp Follower Studio 24 oh, and
2: maybe. then from 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 those sort of times like when when did you first get your first set of decks or was that through your dad did he basically sort of show you in the house how he he,
1: he taught me in the house so he was like he, ha- he has all like the techniques the CDGs I've got my own set honestly this family so my dad (laughs) has got a set in Philadelphia he's got a set in Edinburgh and he's got a set up at their old house and I've got my own set my mother's just like I have moved out now but honestly can imagine we're all under the same (laughs) roof shifts like that I'm gonna go crazy um so he taught me so it started off on the Technics all vinyl and that's when I started out I was like vinyl only and I got asked so I went after I'd seen ladies on rotation I got, I I was, this was after my 21st birthday. I went to New York with my mum and dad as part of my birthday. And I went on like a record digging trip. I went out there specifically to buy loads of Good Records. And um, what happened was I got offered a chance, you know, some one of my, I can't remember, my God, I need, this is where my memory banks, memory banks. <laughs> one of my pa, my dad's friends, sorry, and said, you know, why, why didn't you come and have a shot and try? You know, they used to run this night where it was like everyone would get like an hour set and they'd just come along just for a bag of records. It was all records, it wasn't CDJs. And I'd just play for an hour. And I got asked and literally from that, I have not looked back. Since that one gig in a small bar in Edinburgh, can't remember the bloody name it, so don't ask me. <laughs> <We> <laughs> Good preemption
0: there. I was like, I was I was, was mind
1: that? reading, I'm a mind yeah, reader. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um so yeah, from there, I mean I always joke until lockdown, I've never been a bedroom DJ because I did my first gig out. Yeah. And that that was it. But now I've had to become a bedroom DJ because of lockdown, I'm like God, I've went full reverse, you know. It's just like, what's going on? But no, I've never looked back. And It's just, it's been one of these experiences. It started off there, I think it was my friend Scott. Yes, it was my friend Scott that had the place and he had asked me along. And then from there, it's just been after that gig. It's like, God, do you want to play here? Do you want to play here? Do you want to play here? And it's just one thing after another. And then my breakthrough moment would be playing like Southport, weekender at minehead and since that that's when I'm getting picked up by Defected, Glitterbox, everything since that that was like my breakthrough moment but anyway i'm jumping ahead
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so when you were djing were you thinking about making your own music then or was that something that had sort of been happening in the background or how did that first come around if you production it's the production kind of, it
1: was the 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 thing, side the thing that when I got into the DJing and I was the DJing, I sound like an old woman. When I got into <laughs> DJing and, and I was just jockey, oh, <laughs> the PlayStation, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the DJing, when I got into the DJing, um, I remember being out and I remember thinking, you know, I had a lot of friends that were working on productions. I thought, you know what, it's one thing playing something out by someone else, imagine creating yeah. something yourself and then playing that out to an audience and then engaging a reaction. So from there, I'd spent like quite a lot of time in studios, watching, observing. I went on different courses. I done the course I actually did for production was in Glasgow. It's the Soma Sugar Studios. It's changed its name. I think it's Subsign Sign now. Um, yeah. Simon Stokes, amazing guy. He taught me a lot. And again, I've just never looked back. It was a natural progression. So I've been doing the production side of things since I was about... Twenty-four,
0: right? Okay, so there's like three years of DJing in there, yeah, and then,
1: and then know, it just production, uh, yeah.
0: Production only started last year, as we've determined from your age.
1: <laughs> no, oh, oh yes, yes, <laughs> yes.
0: Time has been kind. There's been a yeah, lot of
1: releases. The, yeah, no, bathing in blood. <laughs> I, I told you this. I'm giving away all my secrets today. <laughs> no, the yeah. So I, I'm trying to do my maths here. So it was about five years ago I started production we'll say about right. no six years maybe five six years um but before I went full steam ahead into it I spent so much time watching engineers watching my friends make tracks watching the process and just learning and then doing the course you know I'd say this to anyone listening and if they're like I want to produce I'm not sure find a good course and just throw yourself in it you can anyone can do it you just have to be dedicated and it's worth it it's good fun and it's yeah, helped it's like, me this last year, or I would have been more <laughs> crazy than already
2: am. And did you find that, like, obviously a load of the old disco records and soul and funk records, mm-hmm. that they're, they're just masterpieces, but a lot of them were kind of, obviously, recorded initially live and not to a click track, or, or they, they yeah. were... So did you find that that also kind of inspired you to get into, you know, later on making disco uh, uh, sort of records? In terms of like just making it easier for things to be played out live, and and I and I also presume as well playing like vinyl, playing old records mm. that probably helped. But
1: to be yeah. honest, and this is uh, I, honestly, I don't make my job easy, right? So when I go out, <laughs> I will play original disco. I, yeah. I'll throw in some new stuff that'll, pro- you know, but when I'm playing like proper raw disco. I play yeah. the originals and my god, I wish there'd been a click track because as talented <laughs> as these drummers are, you can be at 122, 127, 125. I'm like, oh hello, right? There <laughs> we go. Yeah. But but um in terms of production, I think it's just more that creative side of me. I like to put my stamp mm. and my brand on things, I like to be creative and I think it was just a natural progression. I always you know, I used to, when I was younger, play guitar. I can do a wee bit basic on keyboard, but I, I know enough that I can put, <laughs> put out a <my> track. <laughs> I'm no expert by any means, but I know enough to create the ideas that was in this head of mine.
0: See, that's that's interesting, because like, I would have thought, from listening to your productions, that there would have had to have been some live instrumentation. So it's nice to hear you say that you play guitar yeah. and do that and sort of dabble yeah. in keys. Yeah. It does... Like, from a lot of your tracks, um, this is the challenge. I think think people don't realise this about disco, is that, like, there is so much you have to get right in terms of feel Mm -hmm. for, like, a a record to, like, actually stand, especially for someone like you who's going to be playing old stuff and then mixing in some of your own newer stuff. Yeah. Like, to get that feel right, like, that it doesn't feel jarring, that it's so on point and all the time, Mm -hmm. is... It's a big skill to have and one that does, I can imagine, takes a lot of time to to master.
1: I had a Do good teacher. I right. think I, I owe a lot to my father. I mean, I call yeah. him a disco Yoda. He literally... <laughs> oh, <Dad. laughs> oh, he loves me for saying that. No, um, Yeah, <laughs> I had a good teacher and he always... One of the things that he said to me was essential. It's, you know, having a good flow to how you play as well Mm. the music you play but making sure the order in which you play it you're telling a story you've got a flow to what you're doing but don't be a one trick pony where you're just playing the one genre all the time mix it up a bit it's like the guys like Motor City Drum Ensemble you listen to him one minute he's playing a disco record the next minute he's actually throwing in some techno in house and the way he does it and it's guys like that that when I think right I'm going to program a set I want it to be like a journey, but I don't want it to be just one what it would just be a whole hour of disco. I would have a lot of disco stuff in there, through a bit soul, a bit funk, a bit boogie, a bit of house. Just to keep it, you know, keep a good vibe, but don't have it where it's one thing hitting off the other, you know, just keeping a flow going. That's that's the key thing.
2: And I guess, and I guess that's the the art of DJing as well is knowing your records and and obviously just picking according to like how the crowd are responding. So you know if if they're kind of like loving this sort of upbeat disco vibes or something like that, mm-hmm. at least you can kind of you know tail that out a bit and then yeah. before moving into something maybe a bit more housey or funk or whatever.
1: Yeah, the thing is, it's just finding records that complement each other even if they're not within the same genre and creating you know an experience that's that's what i always said and again as i say i had a good teacher so i was (laughs) fortunate in that way
0: so carrying on with the theme of firsts we've kind of covered your first clubs first gigs um and we're talking about production so do you remember the first track you released
1: right it was either twisted cat with so twisted soul collective Hence the name Twisted Cats. Not because I'm crazy. Um, no, Twisted yeah. Cat was Twisted Soul Collective, or it was Birthday of Blackness with my friend Sean Samuel. One or the other. I, I can't remember.
0: I can't. Uh, I mean, I'm going just by beatport. What's in front of me right now? Okay, so right. you—you you know what? You
1: could tell me what's beatport. Saying. Well,
0: I was—I was asking if you—if you knew. I was sort of checking you, your you memory, were, as we've already already talked about. Wait, no, the Birthday of Blackness right. comes up. Tribe Records, Yes. 2016, so November, 18th of November, 2016.
1: Yeah. That, that. would that would be at Birthday of Blackness. I know it was between that and Twisted Cat, so I'm not, I'm not fully away yet. I'm still, I'm still here, <laughs> just a bit. No, that, at Birthday of Blackness, that was with my friend, uh, Sean Samuel, um, we put that out and that's got a tribute to Nina Simone and that's actually more on a housey, jazzy trip, actually. Um, yeah, I was,
0: I was interested because the genre's down as Deep House.
1: Yeah. Which is... Again, and um, let the creative process go in wherever it takes me, <laughs> which will never be EDM. <laughs> it's
0: a good place. It's a good place not to be.
2: <laughs> I, I, I don't believe it's that fashionable anymore. <laughs> anyway. oh, even God. In America. I think the frat boy oh. cups are gone, long gone a few years ago, thankfully.
1: <laughs> thank God for that. I'm not even religious, but thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, but Um, but did you find sort of prior to that first release um, and in the lead up to that, just dabbling in a bit of production, did you find that DJing, you know, in various different venues gave you a nice outlet to road test
1: things just to see how they worked? Absolutely. It's the best place to test it because it's it's where you're going to, it's the people you're going to be presenting it to. Your audience is key. And if your audience are going, well, that's absolutely crap, you need to maybe go back to the drawing board. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But yeah. yeah. Well some some of
2: our previous some of our previous guests have even sort of said like it's quite funny because you, you, you maybe export it out your door or whatever and, and they'll be like, Yeah, it sounds very good and then they put it on in the club and it's just like really tinny or there's far uh, too much bass in there. Yeah, so it's quite a good yeah. way to, to kind of yeah. you know, at least test it from that point of view as well. Yeah.
1: I mean before I'd put anything out, i always have it, speakers, everything, studio, check that it's mm. at, of a level, I'm particular with that, because if it was too rough, I, I, would, I would be, oh, no test that. <laughs> so it would have, have to be, yeah, of a level where I know it wasn't going to up the system.
0: So h- how have you found that if you road tested stuff? How has it been for the last sort of year making music? Because I'm assuming you've been productive right through. And as you say, I think you actually said earlier that it got you through the last yeah, year. I mean, I,
1: I, yeah, yeah. I has, has it been
0: hard not referencing that out with other stuff? or
1: It's a change because it's funny now, like your live stream becomes your debut for tracks. I mean, there's I done yeah. an EP last year. It's all original music. It's not any edits. It's completely original. Um, called Cosmic Oscillations, and I have never had the chance to even play it out at a club. Do you know what I mean? And that That's is smart. like, yeah, yeah. And there's so, so many other things that I've been working on. I'm actually working on stuff in the background that hopefully, you know, when things lift, whenever the hell that is, I'll be able to test and let people people hear what I've been working on. But throwing myself into the creative process has literally been my godsend right now. Like, honestly, yeah. I think I'd go off my head without it.
0: Uh, just just to say like when dave and i first heard of you through uh bumpy night uh that was 2019 and it was i don't know i think one of us was just sort of scrolling online and uh what an absolute tune by the way i think we whenever we, we didn't like we don't really play many gigs or weren't really playing many gigs at that time but whenever we were like just DJing the two of us, that was definitely one that kind of featured quite regularly. It's a brilliant grooving tune. So, Oh,
1: thank you so much. No, honestly, that's, I know that was going to be one of the questions. What's one of my favorite ones? But that Bumpy Night, because it's got the um, Betty Davis. I love All About Eve. I love mm. my old Hollywood starlets. And I just thought that is just the perfect little hook.
2: Yeah. And, and, and do you find when you're like picking particular samples or whatever to use, um, do, you, do you tend to try and dig for more obscure things rather than the obvious? Yeah. Or do you challenge yourself? Because uh, some people pick like really well-known tracks and they'll try and like make it something completely different and take it in a different direction.
1: I'm one of these <laughs> annoying people that's like, let's see how obscure you can go. And <laughs> I'm one of those ones that's just like, oh here she goes again, but yeah, I'm, I tend to be on the more obscure side of things. <laughs> do
0: you feel quite protective over some of the like more classics? Then do you like how does that make you feel if you hear like edits of stuff that you think oh no don't touch that? Are you one of those? Do you do you feel like that? Because sometimes I feel like that. If I'm honest,
1: in, in terms of like edits of like original tracks,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: For me, if for me the way I see it if I'm going to play an edit or a remix of an original track, it has to bring something, the, the original track, down. it has to enhance it yeah. some way or change it completely where it's only a small portion. Otherwise, I'm not interested, to be honest. <laughs> I know <I don't, laughs> that sounds bad, but it's, I'm just being no. honest. Um, if it's if it's somebody who's been very creative with an original or really changed it up in a way when it really complements the track or change bits around, that sort of thing totally gets my attention. But if it's just a new kick drum over a song I heard years ago, nah, not
0: for me. Yeah. So then you have started your own record label, Mm -hmm. Ghetto Disco Records. Um, Yeah. How did that first come about, first of all?
1: So again, going back to my dad, um, we used to run a radio show together called the Ghetto Disco Show. I've recently restarted it on Radio Buena Vida um, through Glasgow. And it started off, so we were doing the Ghetto Disco show, and we were getting guests in every, I think it was every two weeks we were on, and we were getting different guests so different guest mixes. And it actually started with uh, Serge Gainsbourg. He actually done a guest mix for us, and he'd done an edit of Ghetto Disco for oh, cool. the of the track the Ted Taylor track which the label's named after he had done an edit for his guest mix and as soon as I heard it I went oh my god the the dots just can I was like there's an opportunity here and yeah. since that and also and I'm going to be totally honest because no shame a record having your own record label is a good way to have creative freedom not yeah. everybody I am like Marmite I'm under no illusion of that you either love it or you absolutely hate it I'm I'm under no illusion and having the, a platform where I can be creative and express what I want to without being a, under restriction of oh it has to be this or that I can do that with a my label and bring you know I love bringing forward new talent and listening I mean the schedule that I've got planned for this year I mean there's folk already really established but also there's people that are just coming through that they've sent me stuff and for me it's not about how many followers someone has. It's about the talent and the music that I'm hearing in front of me. I couldn't care if you didn't even have a social media page. I, I, honest, mm-hmm. I could not care less. It's about the music I'm hearing. Is it right for the label? Is it not? And the f- beauty with having my own label as well, it's not one size fits all. It's not just one single sound. I mean, with Ghetto Disco, you're going to get different things. It's it's a bit like me. You just don't know what's happening. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, it just... It just it's what's, what I think sounds
0: good. No, that's awesome. Because uh, I think you're right in saying that. Because like your Cosmic Oscillations EP is, I would say, quite, in, in many bits, quite different to some of the other stuff yep. other people had heard before. So um, it's still got that sort of disco and it's definitely a bit more, maybe a bit more synthy, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely um, synth driven. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: Bang on with that.
0: So. Uh, I can understand completely if you know running a label that way so what is when you're listening to stuff that comes in what's uh-huh. the first thing that pricks your ears up and you're like oh I'm having
1: that usually if hot mood sends me anything <laughs> um <laughs> to be honest that is the truth The first guy is just oh unbelievable really? yeah yeah um, I've got a second EP coming out with us um start of April, and oh my God, the guy, Midas Touch, he just is fantastic. Um, But for me, it's hearing something that, you know, something that's not been done. I don't, it goes back to what we were saying before, if somebody came to me with an edit that had been done a thousand times, I'm not, unless you've really changed it, and I don't even recognise that as the original, and being creative with it, I'm not really, I mean, the Ghetto Disco track by Serge Gainsbourg was an edit of Ghetto Disco, but he, the way he chopped it up and changed it up, it changed the feel of the record. It didn't feel like offensive to the original. It felt like a compliment, if that makes sense. But for yeah. me, it's hearing, you know, I love synth-driven stuff. I love stuff that sounds like it's quite live. It's got a good disco mm-hmm. feel. If it's, you know, that, that that's the sort of things I look out for. And even housey stuff, if something sounds, something's got a, a good sound to it. it's got a good vibe and it makes me feel like i want to dance i'm gonna i'm gonna take that and sign it
0: nice nice so then what's your favorite thing about running ghetto disco records
1: again it's hearing what people's creative output do you know what i mean so Hearing people coming to me with demos and going through the demos and seeing what people are creating, I, I really enjoy that. I must admit, I really—it's such a compliment as well when somebody's made something, whether it's right or wrong for your label. To go, yeah. you know, I've created this. Would you be interested? That—that's a massive compliment in itself. And it's just the connections again that you build. Mm. You meet new people. It's the same with EGN and in the music industry. You can meet some some good, some bad. I was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I meet a lot of good people through through the label. And I, I love, I mean, some of the stuff I get sent, I just absolutely love. And for me, it, you know, music is my lifeblood, so it makes me happy.
2: Yeah, and uh, and just to go off that as well, I, I think that, like, this year in particular has probably been a very good opportunity for people to increase their uh, production rate and such. Mm-hmm. Like, have you found that there's been an increase in people sending things to you that you might yeah. not
1: necessarily had? Yeah, to be honest, before the label, we were doing just like a couple of releases, like here and there. Like It was mostly vinyl releases, actually. And then I got sent, it was Tabashek sent me um, Funky People, I think it was December. And since that, I'm, I, you know, I've just thrown so much energy. And to be honest, the release schedule's filling up for the whole year. I'm, I'm full up till about... Do, 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 September, and that's just wow. for people, yeah. It's just because I've made it more of a focus before it was I'd do mm. a, like a, a vinyl release here and there, I'd put something yep. out, blah blah blah. I put out the EP last year, um, but it's just it's it started to really sort of take off. We ended up with a number one with a uh, changing face, uh, Jamie Van Golden, times the hustler, they done a track. Uh, changing face i think it was listed online as rhythm getaway there was a bit of confusion with that but that right, okay. went to number one in the disco chart as well so and that was that was really that's just one i can't wait to be able to play out i played it on my streams but that feeling when i'm back in a club and i'm like right let's just do this
0: yeah we we've spoken about that with some guests even in the previous season was just like Essentially, when we come out of this, and and I hope that you're probably now seeing some bookings come in, but there's going to be essentially eighteen months to two years worth of music that people have not actually had a chance to play. That it's just going to be like I think, I think the first sort of six months of seeing DJs perform is going to be. it's going to be insane because nobody's going to be playing a lot of the same stuff. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's it's all going to be people who are picking out things that they were their highlights for the last sort of year and a half.
1: That's it. The thing is, a lot you know, it's an interesting point you make because when we go out, we'll probably hear stuff go, "Oh, is that new?" It's like, no, actually, I made that last yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this yeah, is the first March, time I've heard this. It's like <laughs> came out in March, yeah. and you know, she went real bad, and- <laughs> yeah. Here we go, but that—that's that, the thing. There's so much I've created in the past year that's never mm. ever been able to play out. So, people—if anyone—if anyone if anybody even likes what I'm playing—somebody says, "Oh, <laughs> what's that? When did that come out?" Probably be like, "Oh, that was last year." Yeah, <laughs> it's going yeah. to be the same for a lot of people, but you know, I, I just can't wait to get back behind the decks. So I'm really itching. itching. So yeah, and, would, uh,
2: and and you're obviously a mainstay in in the whole glitter box nights um yeah. and, and and other nights as well. Um can you envisage in the future, if you're not already doing so, like having actual nights for your record label basically to showcase these
1: artists? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the sky's the limit and I'm one of these people like my degree my degree's actually in marketing, digital marketing. And, and you know, when you get and because 'cause I've got a passion for music, so when you merge mm. the two doing nights to like promote a label and stuff. I love all that. I love all that fluff. I'm all over it. Honestly, I love it. <laughs> fluff. I love it. I love the fluff. <laughs> as awful as that sounds, I love the fluff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but while, while we're talking about DJing, uh, what's your favorite thing about DJing?
1: It's hard to pinpoint one thing. I think it's just the way it makes me feel and listening to the music it's the feeling and the music, I would say, and, you know, there's moments when I actually think before I die, let's be morbid, um, that I think <laughs> there'll be times when I'm back on stage, like specific highlights of my career will flash before my eyes. I know that's all very dramatic, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, some of those moments are the best moments of my life. Um, yeah. It's just something about the way it makes you feel, the audience and the music connecting those those three things it's just there's nothing like it for me to be honest I, I just i love it i love what i do or what i did until the shit changes yeah <laughs> which you
0: will be doing let's be optimistic
1: yes yeah, i've got um, some bookings through let's hope oh, there's more nice, nice. <laughs>
0: um, so uh, i was gonna ask whilst we're still talking about like favorites and djing and you just mentioned when you you're morbidly sat on your deathbed thinking back to your career of all your djing highlights yes could you pick a favorite gig
1: One moment, probably, for me. It's hard to pick a favourite gig. That's such a hard question. Don't worry, we know that's why we ask it. Yeah, (laughs) you're you're trying to trick me again. So when I played, when I got my chance to play at Southport Weekender, um, uh, what was it, Minehead? And Mm -hmm. they had me on in the Beat Dome, and this was to thousands of people. I I hadn't done anything like this before. This was my first, like, big-time Thousands of people are in front of you. you got, you got to work, girl. Bloody do it well. And I remember my last song on my set. The set went great. And the last song on my set was Terry Kelly. I don't want to see myself without you. And there was like a drop. And then it just built right up. And everybody just started going crazy. And it was just, even when I think about it now, I'm like, oh, that's not because I'm cold. But well, I am cold. But it's, <laughs> it's not just that. It's like... Honestly, it's one of those goosebumps. moments. Yeah, that, that's the worst. That's the worst. That's the one you're looking for. That, that's the one I was looking for. And I'm a wee bit cold, but it, it's goosebumps <laughs> because that was amazing. No, seriously, that 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 would be the moment for me. I would say.
0: So was that like a was that in a tent? At it's like I, I don't I've never been or I don't really know much about.
1: It was that. literally like a massive, and I mean massive inflatable dome inside. Oh ace! Because mine heads. So it was at Butlands and Minehead. So, Southport yeah. there's like an institution, these guys have been, Aye. you know, this the lineup and everything. And it was their last one at Minehead before they had a break. And they're coming back next year and playing for them next year. And I play their Sunsea Beat event in Croatia. Um, But that moment for me, I've I've got a video clip of it. I'll send it over to you guys. Not that you care, but I'll I'll send it over to you. I'd like to see see it. My my friend, Ben Brophy, see, that's that's the Scottishness. I just get tongue-tied. He managed to record it. And honestly, I had my family there. My mum and dad were there. I had my best friends, Alison, Alan, all that were right at the front. And My pal, Linda, there was just everybody was there. They'd all come out and they were all right jammed at the front, like scream at, and it. And honestly, from that gig, it was like, it's just never stopped. And that's what elevated me to, you know, just staying like local gigs, you know, to go international with it. That, that, that was a turning point for me.
2: How did the glitter box connection come initially? Was that just basically off the reputation that you got
1: from doing gigs like that? So... The glitter box thinking. What happened? I done this was before I had um, a manager or an agent. I done a gig. There used to be a club in Dubai called Three Sixty. It's no longer there, but it was this fantastic. Like you were way up in the sky and a three sixty view, and it was just all disco and house music. And my ma- the, the woman who's now my manager, Fleur, and um, she'd seen me on a flyer for that. She was, I think, she was taken don't know if it was Louis Vega, Horsemeat Disco, or it was one of these big acts was playing yeah. on there as well. And she'd seen me and then she realised the Edinburgh connection and the two of us met and then from there that was just it. The two of us have been together ever since um, working on the music front. And then off the back of that, I was doing stuff in Ibiza, got introduced to Simon. Simon was seeing what I was doing. He was like, look, do you want, do you want, to, do you want to play... Started off, it was one of the defected. It was New Year for Defected at Ministry of Sin. I was like, of course I'll do that. <laughs>
0: yes, and then, please.
1: And then when Simon heard me, he like, you know what? I can see you fitting in well with Glitterbox. And then I got signed to Colluded Talent. I got signed to the agency. And because of, the, because of what I do, there's a bit of left-field stuff. It's not just your mm. – I think I get thrown into the mix when they want something a wee bit different. Just yeah. mix it up a wee bit so yeah it, it's just been from that and honestly I've, I've been with glitterbox i've had some incredible experiences high ibiza being oh my god that was unreal unreal ministry of sound I've, i went over to new york for house of yes which is one of my favorite clubs ever love it it's just been it's just been crazy. It's
2: just really nice to see in that clip as well that you've got on your uh, on your website just uh, um, how happy Simon looks, just buzzing <laughs> off your
1: performance <laughs> and stuff. Like
2: that that must be a compliment in itself, given how long Simon's been in the industry for. That
1: is that from the video because that was in Glasgow. It's like an after
2: movie yeah. that was
1: in Glasgow at SWG3, which I'm sure you have both been to. Yes. 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 SWG3. Yes, so. That video is even more special for me because it's in Scotland. My heart
0: oh, just... is... <laughs> do, do, do you um, feel an affinity with Scottish crowds or is there places abroad where you're like, oh, if I'm going to this country, I know it's going to be a good night?
1: Well, I try and make sure that any night I go to is a good night. But Sorry, what... I mean from a crowd's <laughs> perspective. I don't mean, well, I don't you, mean I'm phoning it in them. tonight
0: because...
1: You've got ask You've got to ask them. <laughs> Yeah, I could okay. what I could I could just come in and say yeah it's great it's amazing like Donald Trump but
0: you could yeah. ask
1: the folk and they might be like she's shit or she's great. <laughs> no, I, I sort of <laughs> meant from, I didn't from mean your performance.
0: Obviously, well, all of them will be great well, and fabulous. Anyone who wants to go see Natasha, you're guaranteed by me a great time. That's
2: all.
1: Or so you get you your go. money back and he's paying for it. I'm not um. paying for that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I am not paying for that. His <laughs> sort code and account number are. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, Invoices that would be the addressed to. Troll win, uh, on the I podcast know. if God. I gave out your bank details
0: okay, like, I might remove here. the guarantee I might remove the guarantee there might <laughs> be some weirdos here. out there who don't like disco, I don't know I don't oh know. there
1: is, there is, they exist um,
2: they
1: exist in the sidelines but <laughs> for me there is something special about playing in Scotland and you've got all your best pals there do you know what I mean, and having your family I, I love, going, but I do love going across the globe Well, when I Mm. could do that in a galaxy far, far away. Um, (laughs) About meeting new people and engaging with new crowds, because I've made a lot of friendships, lifelong friendships from meeting people at other gigs. Some of my best pals, to this day, I met um, through playing other places. But there is something special for me about being in Scotland, because all my crazy Scottish pals are always at the front. And you know what us Scottish people are like? We make a fuss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If something's going on I'm like, yes, come on. We make a fuss,
2: so I like it. Do you find it do you find it though, because I know some people probably would, do you find it a difficult performing in front of like f- close friends and family as opposed to just a like a, a pool of absolute strangers in terms of that additional pressure to, to take you comfort know, in go it? Up a, up a take comfort in it.
1: Yeah, actually I like When my family and my friends are there, I don't know if I'm like, oh, they're going to support me. But no, I actually, (laughs) I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Um, I think there's that familiarity. And um, I've just, I've got a very close relationship with my mum and dad. Um, We're all like that. We're a very close-knit family. My sister as well, even though her music tastes as shit, I hope she doesn't watch this. Um, (laughs) 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 Um, But, um, yeah, having family having family and friends at the front row and having a laugh and then when I finish getting out and having a drink with everybody, I love
0: it. It's great. That's awesome. One of the, one of the things I wanted to talk about, right. um, That caught my eye was some of the names that are associated (laughs) with some of your releases. There's there's a definite (laughs) space theme. Yes. Um, There's the, one of my favorites I found on your band camp, which was, Return of the Cosmic Bitch, I believe yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that... Like, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but are you, are you a massive space fan? I don't think that's... I think that's quite an obvious question. But, like, is that a something... Lot? A I'm massive fan space what? fan? Y- yeah, like, yeah. Fan of, oh, God,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> really, <laughs> <That's>... yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Cosmic Bitch, so... Return of the Cosmic Bitch. The first, the second track, or third—it depends what order we're doing it in. Hmm. I done was called Cosmic Bitch, and that was the B side to Twisted Cat. So what right, I done okay. a lot, I'm heavily influenced by vintage sci-fi, space, Star Trek, all that. Oh God, I'm all over it. <laughs> and um, the EP, that particular EP, had a lot of sci—I can there was samples in there sci-fi. Yeah. Stuff So I thought, this will be funny. Instead of Return of the Jedi, Return of the Cosmic Bitch. <laughs> so, you know, you you've got to have fun with these things. And people have said to me, God's using the word bitch. I'm like, I'm allowed to say it. I'm allowed to say it. Yeah. I'm a woman. I can say it.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's a compliment because Blair and I notoriously find it difficult to name Tunes. So it's, it's credit and. all... <laughs> hats off to you for coming up with some creative names for things i mean we, we thank have, you uh, we, we're getting better but we're not quite there yet we're not at that sort of level
0: it's mostly what words are said most that's generally what we go with yeah <laughs> um but yeah we'll we'll somewhat endeavor to uh to have something quite as epic as that um that's <laughs> something
1: i have had people ask me they're like god are you sure about that Oh God, bitch! I'm like, yeah, I call myself yeah. a bitch all the time. So, there are a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm the other not really. one, <laughs> the
0: the other one is that you have like, so you've got Twisted Cat, and then there was, uh, I think it's Catnip and Catnip, yeah, yeah, and they're spelt like how you spell, yeah, Kitty Cat, which is K A T T. Yeah, is that? Is Is that a way of you going, this is how you spell, like, my performing name?
1: (laughs) It's just branding. Really, the thing is, I like spelling cat because it's actually the Swedish spelling of cat. Oh. Yeah. So my email address is Nat Cat, right? And this was before I realised, so Nat Natasha and then Cat Kitty was always nicknamed for me. And then if you put Nat Cat in Google, whether this is accurate or not, I believe Google, um, it says it means Night Cat in Swedish. Random fact for you. Random stuff. I like spelling cat with K-A-T-T. It's just a habit. Double T, the K instead of a C. You've got to brand it up. You've got to put your stamp on things.
0: Well, I mean, at least if you need another track with cat in the title, there you go, you've got Night Cat.
1: Oh, (laughs) be taking notes.
0: <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I've, uh, I'm I'm waiting to see any returns on the bad ideas I come up with on this show, um, and so far none. So uh, you know, yeah. it's well, already been established
2: hope? that you're basically paying for any refunds no, from now on. <laughs>
1: he is. That's it.
2: No, how, 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 in all seriousness. So, how important do you find your brand is in terms of your acts as a whole name? look because obviously um for anyone that's listening Natasha has a very unique style (laughs) (laughs) like this is this is the important bit it's great no no it's an image it's an image and I and I personally think that that is that is a big part of being unique and Mm -hmm. you know and being something you know that draws people's eye and and their ear to to any sort of the creative arts, basically?
1: Yeah, I think it's a again, you know, my aesthetic, so to speak, and brand and it's again, it's a creative expression it's me, I'm one of these arty types (laughs) one of those arty types of stuff (laughs) here she goes, but no (laughs) I like, you know having a unique brand and being creative with it and, you know it just ties everything together nicely Mm. and, you know, again, it's self-expression and yeah, it's just me being me, me being mm. my cookie old self. That's that's what it is.
0: Um, and one of the one of the track, one of the EP titles that I forgot to mention in a, a f- like absolute stroke of genius is uh, "Salt and Sass." Salt and Sass. I'm glad um, you
1: picked up on that one. I'd, I'd forgotten I mean, I'm, about I'm, that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm from Aberdeen, right? So uh, I'm not Edinburgh. I've never really come across. Until I went over to Edinburgh, and you go to a chippy. For, again, there's people listening to this who are not from Scotland, and we have to we have to acknowledge these audiences. Take note. Basically, yeah. if you're ever in a chippy in Edinburgh, uh, they rather than say salt and vinegar will offer you salt and sauce. Um, and <sighs> basically, do you want to describe what sauce is in that salt and sauce? So could you describe it? I mean, I could, I could, because
1: really you because the thing is, there's a thing with chippies. So yeah. in an Edinburgh Chippy you get salt and sauce and salt the, the sauce is Edinburgh Chippy sauce. It's like this secret ingredient that's actually <laughs> I think just brown sauce and vinegar. I'm yeah. not sure. I c I, I yeah. don't know. But it tastes amazing and you can't get it anywhere else. So yeah. and you know, sass, you gotta have a bit of salt. And, a, but
0: then salt, turn and, on sass. His head. salt yeah. and sass.
1: Salt and sass. Uh, that's another EP I've never been able to play those tracks out yet. Mm.
0: It's a great EP as well. Like Thank I'm sure you. it'll go down like an absolute storm. So, Thank you. Um, just to be
2: controversial, I am from the west of Scotland, and I don't mind salt and sauce or <laughs> sass I said oh it. Oh my gosh!
1: <laughs> big reveal. <laughs> a big
0: Vinegar reveal. can get in the bin. Add some brown sauce to it, and I'll have it. I,
1: I like salt and sauce. But I, now I want a chippy. Look what
0: you've oh, done. Sorry, sorry. On a on a Tuesday night as well. On
1: a Tuesday, terrible. I'm going to be you chippy. Tuesday,
0: check. <clears throat> Something to look forward to for Friday, though. I'm yeah, gonna like, that's I'm going to be here. So, uh, one that we find uh, people quite struggle with, or um, these two questions of first and favourite, uh, I think the more of a muso and DJ head people are, the more they struggle with this question. Um, so, do you remember what the first record you bought was? But
1: I remember, see, when... I seen this was going to be a potential question. I was like, right, I'm going to have to dig the memory banks. And so the first records I bought when I was younger, still at this day, obsessed with um, Michael Jackson, absolutely love them. But first record when I was starting to build stuff for DJing would have been um, Jeff Perry, Love Don't Come No Stronger, and Loletta Holloway and the South Soul Orchestra, Runaway got them in new york wow nice i had to think about this i mean i'm glad you've done the homework i had to i had to really think about this that didn't just come from here out of nowhere i had to think about
2: that (laughs) i was very grateful just before lockdown came in last year i was able to go to new york for the first time for a week and i agree like some of the record stores over there are just incredible like they're they're just vast in terms yeah. of the, the crates. Like, there's just everything that you could possibly want. And, um, you, you know, New York, in my opinion, is just, like, it's, it's like, all, like, great capital cities and stuff like that. It's got so much culture and, y- you know, you can see that in the record boxes as well. Like, yeah. there's so much in there, so many different influences from across the globe.
1: Yeah, it's unreal. And another place as well, um, so... I mentioned earlier that my mum and dad are based between like Edinburgh and Philadelphia and Cyprus, but when I go over to Philly, um, Brewery Town Beats in Philadelphia, I should not be giving my secrets away, damn, but (laughs) Brewerytown Beats in Philadelphia for me, hands down, is my favourite record store on this earth, it's just unbelievable the stuff that, I mean, it's cost me a fortune in records and extra <laughs> luggage to come home yeah. but it's worth every bloody penny, it's unbelievable so, so Philly's really over, good as well
0: Are you going over with an empty suitcase? Is that what you do when you go?
1: I sometimes <laughs> just have to buy another one What's it cook? What's it, what's it, so we get TK Maxx, is it TJ Maxx over here? Like, Right yeah, TJ Maxx so. where are right. you? Get me the extra <laughs> case, you're covered with me that's yeah. it
0: Right now, do you want the really hard part of the next, this first and favorite question?
1: So I've is, not been, I've not, I've not reached the really was, hard part yet. No, no that Still. was that
0: was just a warm up.
1: All oh, right, let's the, go for it. The re,
0: the really difficult question is, could you pick a favorite record that you've ever bought?
1: Right. So I can. Ugh, this is a bloody tough question, but <laughs> I am going to say for this, my favorite disco record is Luther Rabb. Make a little move. I will say that's my favourite disco record My favourite soul record Of all time is Jan Jones Independent Woman And yeah I'll give you those two I can't can't think anymore right now But Luther Rabb, Make a Little Move That's my favourite disco track of all time That and Marlena Shaw, Touch Me in the Morning I love that one as well It's one of those ones that's like a big moment at the end of the night You feel like you're on stars in your eyes Coming down the lift like Love it, (laughs) love it, live for it Honestly
2: and on to that, it's it's a very, very difficult question and a lot of DJs struggle with this, but like yeah. what would be your go to end of the night floor filler? Just like you the the lights are almost coming on, people are kind of
1: loving life mm-hmm. and you put on I have just Marlena Shaw touched with the yeah. board, it's one of those like moments, you know, it's yeah, I love it. Can't wait Amazing. to hear I'm just desperate
2: to get back out playing. <laughs> like that. Oh. It will come. It will come. It will. And, you know, and I've and I've seen already some big events that have been obviously announced for later on in the year. So we have hope that yeah. things are gonna come back.
1: Yeah.
2: Come and we up. will dance again, as we've said many times. We a time. will dance yeah.
1: again. Yes, exactly.
2: It's got to that point of the show, and I have to ask before we say our foreign farewells, um, have you got anything that you would like to plug? Anything coming out in the coming months? Um,
1: Well, hopefully (laughs) there's stuff coming out in the coming months. Um, I'm going to be a guest on uh, Studio 54 Radio, actually getting interviewed by two employees that work there, want to interview me about my career. I was like, I should be interviewing you guys. So that should be coming out within the next couple of weeks. Um, I've got some scheduled releases and hopefully Gigs This Digbeth Disco Festival that's in July um, again it's if all goes to plan and if folk want to check out my music www.natachakittycat.com double T on the cat um, I've got SoundCloud Ghetto Disco Records Bandcamp put my name in Google you'll find it <laughs>
0: if people are are wanting to submit music for ghetto disco records they've checked out ghetto disco records and they go do you know what i've got something for this yeah how would they do that
1: so either my personal email address which is nat cat spell n-a-t-t-k-a-t-t-7 at gmail.com or ghetto Records at gmail.com and just fire over an email and i'm more than happy to hear what you've submitted. I'm always looking for new material, so by the way.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, well, thank you very much for being on Flo's First and Favourite, Natasha. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to to get to meet an East Coaster, yeah, uh, salt and sass style. Salt and sass. <laughs> but thank you so much. Um, yeah, it's it's you, been guys. great.
1: Well, it's been a good. It's good to get some good chats and been lonely, Absolutely. locked up I, in my flat all lonely. So no, it's good. <laughs> it's good to have some chats. that's not my cat because I normally talk to him, but he's getting, he, you. have given him a, a, a break for an hour, so he's grateful. <laughs> <laughs> he sends his regards.
0: <laughs> Could have been interrupted <laughs> by either of my two, but I think I actually closed the door properly this time. So uh, yeah. Oh, normally I get um, the
1: scrape at the door. That's
2: okay. like he's wanting attention well listen thank you very much once again and we'll look forward to hopefully coming to see you in person performing at some point in the future yeah. and also um, you know just hanging out at some point
1: absolutely we'll get salt and sass, fish and
2: chips and vodka get salt and sassy <laughs> fish and chips
1: and vodka <laughs> fish and chips and vodka oh. see you later guys oh, thank cheers.
2: you